Show number 80 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Well, I feel like we should have Christmas music playing or something. It is kind of Christmassy smelling, you know, that candle yes. is sort of yes. Like yes. piney, sprucey, mistletoe But I don't smell, you know, um, turkey roasting. That's true. And cookies baking. I could bake some cookies if you want. Don't you have, like, cookie baking spray that just smells like it? <laughs> we Do you could... know you can get uh, pancake batter in a spray can now? Ew, that's gross. I know. I, I know so. that you can get this cookie smell, like Yankee Candle Company makes cookies that smell like <laughs> sugar cookies. Or we could just take some Pam and spray it in the air. That would probably be probably Yeah, probably be the same. Yeah. But that's okay. I think we could pass on that. Okay. Because I have enough cookies now for Christmas. So happy Christmas to everyone. Merry Christmas to all our listeners and to us. Yes, and to us. And um, here we are back with a real show. Um, both of us have been really sick over the past, like, I don't know, it seems like years, actually. Um, does it occur to you, as it occurs to me, that we are sick every December? Yeah. And our Christmas show always ends up being recorded <laughs> after Christmas because we are sick? That is true. Except last year, I think we were, both of us were actually sick on Christmas, and this one, I wasn't too sick. Yep. It was more the before. Yeah. That yeah. I was really me. sick. But we both had, well, you had the flu, which was mm-hmm. awful. At least I didn't get the flu. Yeah. Um, but we both had throat things and coughing and not being able to talk very well and general malaise. Yes. So I feel like I'm pretty much over that now. I'm pretty pretty close to over. It's still a, a little um, little bit of congestion, but I'm okay. Yeah, well, that's good. <clears throat> so I'm glad we're both feeling better. Yes. that was just sucking. It being, was. It sick. was. I didn't like that at all. Um, so uh, here we are, show 80, Unbelievable. Yep. I just, I'm amazed. Over two show years 80. of shows. Amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like two and a half years of shows now. Yeah, because we started in the summer. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, here's to a great big 2008. Yes. Because there's going to be a lot of shows in 2008. A and lot of fun, wonderful things coming up. And so much to talk about in 2008, including um, news of the Trek movie as it happens, which we'll be finding out. But remember, we're not telling me any spoilers. That's I right. already know more than I want to because spoilers appear in headlines. Yeah. But <clears throat> trying to, you know, avoid it. Yeah. So uh, we're going to be doing a couple of things. We're going to give each other some presents. Um, I have gotten now the set of um, first season remastered, so we're going to watch one of those and talk about that a little bit. I'm going to talk a little bit about how much I hate the packaging. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree with you because I've just kind of gone through it and went, <laughs> <laughs> This is bad. Yep. Uh, okay, so what well, we could do presents right now if Let's you want do to. Presents. Okay, well, do you want to do yours first or mine first? No, I'm going to do yours first. Okay. Okay, this is your non trek present. <gasps> a non trek present. It's a nice present, present. Okay. except it, it was wrapped very nicely until the dog attacked it. <laughs> and that should give you a clue as to what might be inside. A cheese sandwich? No. Oh. <laughs> is it a dog treat? No. Well, he thinks it is. <gasps> oh, it's the truffle salt. Yay. Thank you so much. And here's the thing. It's better truffle salt. Better? Because I it... got a jar of it for myself. And this, oh, the one I had before, was 8% truffle. This is it's 10%. 10%. Oh. And you need just a pinch of it. <gasps> Thank you so much. We're going to have to have popcorn later and put this yes, in the popcorn. Yes, it, it will oh, last for a long time. Thank you so much. Because you need much. so little. You know, I have been using um, the, the smoked salt that I know. gave me, and I really like that. I've, I've been, been putting that on things. chicken because you gave me a little yeah. bit of it, you know, when baking it's chicken. It's so good. I love yep. that stuff. That's great. Well, thank you so much for the, the this. This is awesome. 
Thank you. Yay! Because I've been looking online for that, and I just wasn't sure what kind was the best to get or anything. Mm-hmm. So now you've saved me from yes. And this is really that. good because I've tried it. Yay! Thank you. This is your <gasps> Star Trek Kirk Ooh. present. Ooh! Yay! It's so nicely wrapped. Yes, the dog had no interest in he it didn't whatsoever. Want this. Oh, so you know it's not food. Star Trek II: The Wrath of God. <laughs> It's a Christmas ornament. Oh, my God. Oh, magic sound and light. It yes, does you have to open it up and see what it does. Oh, my God. This is awesome. Oh. Minty and plastic. Well, it's brand Not new. <laughs> Not anymore. Uh, oh, look at this. So, um, we'll put up a picture of this, but it's a little section of the bridge. Now, let's see if I can identify the people who are in this picture. There's Spock. There's Kirk. And I'm guessing that's Sulu. Yeah, pretty it, much. It's kind of surprising to me that uh, Savik isn't there. Yeah, so it's Wrath of Khan, and they're and they're standing in front of the main view screen. Is this the button? Yes. Maybe it needs batteries. Oh, does it need batteries? Let's check this out. Oh, it does. Oh, and you have to put in like watch batteries. Okay, we're gonna have to when we go out later. We're gonna have to make a trip out. Oh, here they are. Here they are. Okay. Here they are. <sighs> But while she's getting watch batteries out, I want to point out to everyone that when you're looking at the view screen, you're also looking at his butt. His butt. How convenient is that? His little plastic butt. Well, that's good that they gave you the batteries. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's see if we can figure out how to put them in. I am in charge of I already know what it does because I tried one out in the store. Okay. To put them like this. Yeah, that's very good that they gave the batteries. Yeah. I feel like I need bifocals or something. Oh, and it even gives us a synopsis of the movie. <laughs> What's it say? A routine training cruise turns deadly when the USS Enterprise, TM, <laughs> is prematurely pressed into service to protect the secret Project Genesis experiment. Ooh. Responding to an enigmatic call for help, Captain Spock offers his ship and eager but inexperienced crew to veteran commander Admiral James T. Kirk. <sighs> Together, they face an old enemy, Khan Noonien Singh, who lures Kirk into a battle of revenge. Khan is defeated, but not before unleashing the experimental genesis device, creating new challenges for the future of the Federation. Wow. I'm going to press the button now. Okay. They still haven't raised their shields. Raise ours. Their shields are going up. Lock faces and ties. They're locking faces. Raise shields. Fire! While that was happening, that little mm-hmm. recording, um, there were lights flashing on the bridge, and then when the fire, when the command is given to fire on the view screen, you see the uh, the other ship um, firing, actual firing, <laughs> the little red jets coming out of it. Mm. Wow. Well, here's the strange thing that strikes me about this. We are, with the little plastic figures, on the bridge of the Enterprise, who did not hear any <laughs> of this in the movie. So I guess you're supposed to be God. You can just hear everything. I'm good with now, that. This is supposed to be a Christmas tree ornament. Yeah. This thing is so heavy. If you put this on a Christmas tree, it would be like the Charlie Brown tree, and it would just kind of lean over to one side. I hate to tell you this, but I have ornaments heavier than this. Really? Solid glass oh, ornaments. Okay. Well, see, I just, I, I have light. I have little things. Mm-hmm. So, this is great. Thank you. You're welcome. This is a great thing. Yay! <laughs> I thought it was fun. And those, you know, when I saw one and, and I could actually get it, I was uh-huh. so surprised uh-huh. because... They sell out. That's true. Okay. Well, I have to get yours. Okay. Because, of course, I was too lame to actually wrap anything properly. So, um, let me scurry into the other room and I'll get you. It's a two-part thing. Oh, goody. And it's all track. 
It's all Trek. Did you guys hear that? I'm getting a two-part all Trek Christmas gift. Do you have to close my eyes? No, no, no. You, it's okay. Oh, okay. Here's part one. So part one is in a happy bag. You can open that first. Okay. There's, it doesn't say anything on the tag. <gasps> Star Trek. Captain Kirk. It's an 8-inch fully imposable action figure. So I think we <gasps> talked on the show that, that um, Mika was reissuing these dolls, and this is the new one. It's fantastic. It's Kirk with a really deep tan. He is. He's got, he's got a blue phaser. He's got George Hamilton tan. He does. <laughs> and George Hamilton looks like he came out from under the rotisserie. You know, I, I just felt like we needed to add to our army of Kirks. I bought one for myself as well. Oh, good. So now we have, in addition to the old ones, the original ones, we have a new one. Who's this guy? Um, he's oh, the, he's the founder of Mego, yeah, Marty Amiga, Abrams. Yeah, he's the Mego. The guy. father of the modern action figure. Yeah. <gasps> This is so cool. You know, I have lost track of how many Kirks we have. Mm. We have? Oh, we yeah. have a lot of Kirks. So I just figured we should have them. Um, and they look great. I, they did such a good job yes. putting these together. They really do look exactly like our old ones. Yes. And, you know, he comes with his clothes and his phaser and everything and just pretty cool. Now, this is interesting. The pictures they've done here, um, Spock looks like he smells something He bad. does. But, um... <laughs> The Romulan, you can really tell, is Stan. Yeah. You know, it's that uh-huh. same actor. So, mm, very good. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And notice up at the top, it says right here, for children um, over three years old. And I figured that was good for both of us. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Now I have to get the other one. And this you do have to close your eyes. Oh, for. okay. So I'm going right. to sit here. Tell me when I have to close them because I'm going to be looking at Captain Kirk. And uh, this is very interesting. From 1974 to 1979, the legendary Mego Corporation produced the first licensed Star Trek toys ever. Yeah. Okay, now you can close your eyes. Okay. I'm going to come over here. With okay, this. Can now, I hold I up my to hands. I warn you, as I told you the other day, I didn't know if this was going to be all finished. It's not quite, so I'm going to explain what still needs to be done. Okay. But hold on a second. Let me do this properly. I have to get it set up here. This is bad radio, I know. <laughs> Okay, so I hope you like this, so put your hands kind of like this. Okay, there you go. Oh, my goodness! (laughs) She's in a command chair! It's a Suzanne Brandt doll! Oh, I love her! Now, a couple things. She's having a bad hair day. She's having a bad hair day. (laughs) I'll get to that in a second. But her uniform is fabulous, and her tights are fabulous. I don't have the boots yet, because I ordered them from a place, and the the poor guy who runs the place that I ordered them has had some personal things going on, so he didn't, the boots haven't arrived yet, but there will be boots, like Kirk's boots. We are so totally taking your picture. I didn't bring the camera. I have my I'll take her, okay, we're we're going to take her picture. Now, she is, I'll tell you, she's a Mego doll. Uh-huh. They made these dolls called Dynamite. It was not for any particular show or anything uh-huh. like that. So I bought her, and I happened to get one where someone had cut the hair because her hair is much longer, the original Dynamite That's doll. okay. Now, you can curl the hair, which I'm going to do. I just didn't get a chance to do How it. Do you and curl the, the hair? You have to put it on, not curlers, but something round and, you know, like use wrapping paper, like when uh-huh. you would get a perm or something. And then you have to stick their head in boiling water. And that curls I the hope hair. her face doesn't like sizzle off. <laughs> so you're going to waterboard, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to curl her hair. Boy. So she'll get it curled. 23rd century hairdressing technique. Uh, so she'll have curly hair. I, she has blue eyes. 
as you will notice. Yes, yes, yes. I had to repaint them. <laughs> Did you make her outfit? I made her outfit. Now, so she comes with the dress. So that's yeah. what she's wearing right now is she's wearing her dress. She also comes, if you want to put her in a shirt and pants. <laughs> you are the best! That's her shirt. I her love purse. this! Oh, she's got two outfits, and they're both gold, of course, you know, because yeah, she's the she's captain. Yeah, because she's coming in. So you can, you can dress her up in either of those things. You are so <laughs> amazing. Thank oh, you. Oh, you're so welcome. Oh. You know, I figure you have so many Kirks and no Brants. That's right. And he's got to have a girlfriend. And that Barbie I've got, you know, the Barbie Star Trek. First of all, she's taller than any exactly, of my Kirks. Exactly, yeah. And she doesn't look at all like Brant. She looks more Randish, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and Ken is definitely... Um, Riley. Yeah, definitely. So I figured we had to get one that was just better, a better match for him. So we can have them fight over his phaser? Totally. We can have them do all kinds of things. I know. All kinds of things. Oh, man. This is great. (laughs) This is fantastic. I am so excited. Where did you get the chair? I ordered it. You You can buy them. Well... So I just, I wanted her to be in a chair. I thought that was really yes. important. Well, look at her hand. I'm going to get her some, some little jelly beans or something to use as buttons <laughs> on her chair. They'll fight over the chair, too. Like, this is fantastic. Well, he could sit in a chair and she could sit on his lap oh, or vice yeah. versa. I or, mean, she oh, could yeah. be sitting there and he spanking. could be sitting. Spanking. They could do the spanking thing. Oh. So it, it was fun. Making the uniforms was interesting. So a big thank you to Scott Adams at the Mego Museum uh-huh. because I had to ask him some questions about all this, and he helped me get the right doll and, and find the patterns for the uniforms oh. and all that sort of stuff. So thanks, Scott, for your help on this. This is just and incredible. That's what Mego Museum has all these patterns. And unfortunately, the interesting thing is that a lot of the patterns are for male dolls. Mm-hmm. So um, I had to, for the shirt and the pants, I had to sort of, um, fool around with them a little bit because mm-hmm. she's a pretty busty girl and she has a big butt. Oh, good. Which is great. She's got we some big hips. We could do a Helen Noel doll now. She has big hips. So the pants didn't quite fit across her hips. So uh-huh. I had to put a little extra fabric in there and then I had to pinch the waist in a little bit. And even that dress was not quite big enough for her tits. So I had to make it a little bit bigger. Wow. I am so totally <laughs> impressed with this. <sighs> oh. oh. This is great. And, you know, my other Kirk has two shirts as well. Uh-huh. His regular shirt and his ripped shirt. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I can make more clothes for her now that I know how to do it. I, <laughs> I actually wanted to make her, um, like, a nice dress, mm-hmm. like, to go out to dinner or something. Yes. So I have some really nice fabric for that, so I still might do that. I might make her a nice sort of slinky evening dress. Oh, this is wonderful. <laughs> I love her. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Yay. Yay. So I have dolls. You have a Christmas ornament and uh, and, uh, salt. And we should. (laughs) To go with the ketchup I gave you um, several years ago. Once once we get the boots and everything, I do want to take pictures of her and send them into the Mego Museum because they have a gallery for people to (gasps) customize their own dolls. So I just want to show what what we did with a dynamite doll. Yes. Yes. (gasps) Oh, thank you so much. I just love her. I just love her. I wondered what you were doing when you asked what color Brant's eyes were, and I thought you were writing a story. That's what I thought. <laughs> well, you know, I didn't want to give it away. Well. Oh. So we could dress her up in those other clothes later if you want to Oh, say. sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> this is so fun. I love getting toys for Christmas. Yeah, and so she's got her clothes have snaps in the back mm-hmm. so that they fit properly. Yeah, and you did the neckline. is really beautiful. Really beautiful. Yeah, the the... 
dress did not have the right neckline, so I had to, again, I was, Improvise. like, looking at pictures and trying to get it right, because on the women's dresses, the V is not in the middle. No, it's, to it's, one it's side. skewed. So I had to do that, and then I had to get the collar piece, like, skewed and uh-huh. blah, blah, blah. It's just beautiful. Let me just say, it's a good thing there are glue guns in this world, because <laughs> it wouldn't have happened without the glue gun. You know, when I was making it, of course, I picked the hardest material for the collar and the pants to work with, which is like satin, uh-huh. which you can't really sew without it pulling and everything. So. But look at how the collar stands up so nice. That's why I wanted did. it, because I wanted it to be, you know, really nice looking. Yeah. And not just It flat. fits her perfectly. This dress fits her perfectly. And like I said, I love her tights. The tights I ordered, I didn't make those. Well. And they're, we can adjust the tights a little bit. They're actually for a doll that's slightly taller, so there's a little bit of extra material up by her legs. Oh, that's so okay. Nobody sees. Yeah. Unless she bends over. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is fantastic. Oh, thank you so Yay! much. I love her. <laughs> I love my Suzanne Brandt doll. And I have the only Suzanne Brandt doll in the world. You do. She's the one. And she just totally looks like she belongs there. You know the one little accessory she needs? I'm going to go make an accessory for her. I'll be back in a minute. You talk while I make the accessories. Okay, okay. So it, it's a doll-full Christmas. It's really good. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited. So if anybody out there wants to make clothes for your dolls, you know, it's not that hard. I'll put in some links to the Mega Museum where they have the patterns for these things. And if you can sew even a little bit, it's not too difficult to make them. Um, and it doesn't cost much to buy the fabric because you don't actually need that much for it. Okay. Yes? I want you to... Close your eyes. Okay, my eyes are closed. Okay, and I want you to think of the Christmas story I wrote <laughs> that featured something you had suggested, and open your eyes. Okay. <laughs> it's perfect. She's got a little bit of snotty tissue stuffed up her sleeve. And she can hold it and go. She can honk, honk, honk. A chew. <laughs> Give me some dry NyQuil. <laughs> really? <laughs> she looks too happy to have a cold, though, but... She does, yeah. You know, there there are no female dolls that aren't smiling. Well, of course. Because and Brad smiles. Yeah, she smiles. She smiles. Hey, can I pose her in the chair? I, oh, I just absolutely. realized I wanted to try to put her in a, like, a slightly better pose here. She's wonderful. <laughs> oh, that's gorgeous. We're definitely going to take her picture like yeah, that. There. I'm the goddamn captain. Oh, here, wait. we got to turn her head a little so she's looking towards the camera. Uh-huh. And I just, I wanted her kicking the one leg up in yep. the air there. So, yeah. Ah. This is my chair. The big chair. I got the chair. She's got the chair. Oh, that's so, <laughs> so wonderful. I could not be happier with my little Christmas present. This is wonderful, and especially because you went to all this trouble and made stuff. I never make anything. Well, I made a Kleenex for <laughs> I like to make stuff. It's fun. Oh, fantastic. That's great. Well, great. Yay. Christine, Yay. Thank you for this ornament. I'm going to play it again so people can hear it because I think okay. it's so funny. Put it right up to the mic here. You still remember. I cannot help but be touched. I, of course, remember you. How come it's different? Is it's it- different. Let's see if there's another one. I didn't know there were like two or maybe more. Admiral, it's coming through now, Tom. Time's up, Admiral. Here it comes. Fire. 
Okay, that's all. Wow, hey, that's cooler than I thought. That's very cool. Excellent, excellent. Well, this is great. Ugh. Let me pick up the computer. All right. Okay. Well, that was 20 minutes. Oh, okay. Um, so, do you, should we take a little break? Yes. Let's take a little break, and then um, we'll, we have to sort out what we're going to do next. Okay, so we'll be right back. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. People, pay attention and write it down this time. Comments at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. Email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. This entire podcast recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. This is TSFPN.com, the sci-fi podcast network. You found the best podcast in the universe. Welcome back. We just spent like 10 minutes playing with her. Yeah, and we changed her clothes. We changed her clothes. We posed her, and I just totally, totally love her. <laughs> now she's sitting in her chair. She's watching. She's supervising the show. Yes. Which yeah, well, it's good. I think that's good. Somebody we, needs to supervise <laughs> the show. Lord knows neither one it's of us is any no, good at definitely it. definitely not. So, um... Here, we'll, we'll give her her Kleenex in case she has to sneeze. Um, so one of the things we want to talk about now is um, a feature we're going to temporarily, temporarily discontinue. We're going to disable it. We're going to, yes, retire it. And that is um, <clears throat> we are, for the foreseeable future, no longer going to review or talk about Boston Legal. And the reason is from the, the very first episode this season – I have found it to be so incredi- incredibly formulaic and tedious. And every now and then there will be a really good scene, like that wonderful scene mm-hmm. with um, Bill and Candace Bergen, which was early on. But the rest of it, it's like they're not giving him anything new to do. He's still doing, you know, a great job, but they're just rehashing the same old ground. The plots are formulaic and... We just don't want to give that kind of time to it. So unless there's something exceptional, Mm -hmm. because, of course, we're going to continue to watch it, Mm -hmm. um, we're just not going to really go there. Yeah, I think our time is better used on other things. And it's really too bad that the show has kind of stalled at this point. Mm -hmm. That's what it feels like. Yes. It's not that it's bad. It's just that it's boring. Mm -hmm. So too bad that it's boring. Um, if you guys have other opinions on this or you want to point out some particularly good moments that maybe we should talk about, please feel free to send us email about it. But, um, yeah, I, I totally agree with, with this decision. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so Boston Legal fans, uh, you're just going to have to wait and see what we do. Yeah. And there are plenty of places online where you can read episode synopsis. Right, if right. If you want to know what So happens. if you were relying on us for that. <laughs> and I can't good imagine luck. anybody was actually doing that. Okay. But so anyway, this the next thing we want to talk about though is something rather old. It was in the San Francisco Chronicle on Sunday, September 30th. Wow. And it's in the travel section. And the headline was Wish We Were There, a guide to some of our favorite fictional 
places. Um, and it's talking about wanting to travel to places that do not exist. Now, for their list, they uh, excluded, like, Lord of the Rings-style fantasy, <laughs> extraterrestrial sci-fi and cliches, no Xanadu or Shangri-La, and no Margaritaville, the American version of Utopia. But there was a sidebar, fictional traveler's footsteps worth following. And, of course, it's illustrated with a picture of, of Bill and James Doohan. And Bill started doing one of his Bill the Cat things. I think I know which episode that's from, but I'm not. I think it's from Wolf in the Fold, actually. Uh, quite possibly. Yeah. But um, number five on the list is the original crew of the Starship Enterprise. And here's what the Chronicle has to say. What serious traveler doesn't want to explore strange new worlds, <laughs> to seek out new civilizations, <laughs> to boldly go? Even non-Trekkies can agree that the famous lines from the opening of every episode of the original Star Trek reflected the hard-wired curiosity of globetrotters. Captain Kirk, Spock, McCoy, Uhura, Sulu, and the rest of the crew, they didn't call them the rest of the gang, but <laughs> zipped around at warp speed, engaging with the strange and the new with passion and tenacity, and, like some modern adventurers, occasionally in colorful indigenous clothing. <laughs> Danger lurked, sure, but they pressed on as altruistic citizens of the universe, always interested in building bridges. Why just the original Trek crew? They were there first. Yay! So um, I thought that was really uh, wonderful. I would, of course, have put them at the top uh -huh. of the list. But um, it kind of got me to thinking, if you could participate in any, like, Trek episode, mm -hmm. <gasps> oh, what would your role be? Oh, my. And what would... Uh, which episode wow. would you would you be? Now you can't take the place of someone who's right, already right, there. Right, right, Oh boy, that's a tough one. I guess I think personally, I think I would want to be in one that's like um, a story that was totally on the ship, uh huh. Rather than going down to a planet or something like that. Like down on the planet, too many variables, you'll probably get killed. I think <laughs> If you're on the ship, you have a much higher chance of surviving whatever episode okay. is happening that week. Oh, Journey to Babel. Definitely. Really? Well, with all the aliens on the ship mm -hmm. and all the excitement and everything, definitely. Yeah. And what would your role be in Journey to Babel? Oh, I, I would want to be one of those people. I would want to be the bartender, actually, in the scene where all the very aliens are good. having their, their very good. chat session. Yep, that, that would be it. Okay, okay. Hmm, alrighty. I'm trying to think. That's a really good question, though. Yeah. Hmm. I was thinking maybe the, the visit to the shore leave planet, mm -hmm. because that would be a fun place to beam down to once they'd figured out... <laughs> once it was safe. How, how, <laughs> how the place worked. Yeah. That, that would be be a really good one. Yeah. But then wouldn't it be true that you'd be down there and you'd be with Captain Kirk, your Captain Kirk, and then real Captain Kirk would be somewhere else? With, probably, with probably. But I figure that's about the closest I'm ever going to get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I wouldn't want to be in the Miri episode and get the disease. No, that would be or, bad. Uh, that would be bad. Or, you know, anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking about... Um, Maybe um, the Nomad episode, but there was a little too much danger in those, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know that I'd want to be in one where it was that much of a chance of the ship blowing up for real. Right, right, yeah. Hmm. 
I might want to be um, Captain's Yeoman in a later episode after oh, Brand yeah, yeah, left. That would be good. That would be nice. That would be fun. There, there might have been um, somewhere it would have been fun to work in sick bay when stuff was happening mm-hmm. in sick bay, like uh, the one uh, one of the ones where McCoy has to make up some you know concoction to to oh, fix yeah, everybody. to be like the lab assistant yeah, helping yeah. him helping him do that. that yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Oh, I know what would have just been what? a super super episode to be in. The Trouble with Troubles. <laughs> of course. That would be so much fun. That would have been really good. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Uh-huh. Um, I would be the, the triple wrangler. <laughs> or the triple herder. Yeah, but like with a big push broom, pushing them into big hefty <laughs> bags. <laughs> now I'm thinking at the great ending to the episode. Like the little guy with the mustache who was sweeping up at the end of Peabody's Improbable History. <laughs> the, the, you yep, know, the, the trouble guy. person with the, the push broom sweeping up all the tribbles. Uh, yeah, yeah. That would that, that would, would be, be a good one. Yeah. Another really fun one to Ship's be custodian. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Is, um, I'm going of course towards the comic episodes, God knows why. But I, Mud. Oh yeah, that would have been good. Uh-huh. See, Mud's women, that wouldn't have been fun no. at all because no. it was so stupid with all the, the male crew members drooling over the women. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. who cares? Yeah. But um, I, Mud would mm-hmm. be... That would have been good. A good one. Well, that's a great question. Yeah. yeah I'm glad you, you thought about that. Um, I, I have to say, in other homework news, I have spent no time thinking about uh, a Trek Christmas episode and what might have happened. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe but obviously maybe, neither has anyone else. Nobody has either. <laughs> so maybe we should think about that while we're having dinner or something. Yeah. Like that. I, I maintain that it has to have Santa Claus in it, though. Mm-hmm. I, I still feel very strong about that. I maintain that it should be one of the comic episodes. Yes. And... I don't want, like, it to be one of these things where they find out there really is a Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. We have the real Santa Claus in it. I'm thinking more like Harry Mudd as Santa Claus. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. Yeah, that would be very good. Uh-huh. I, I like that idea. Yeah, that could be a lot of fun, a Harry uh-huh. Mudd Christmas tractacular. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, or, you know, maybe um, maybe Harry is, um, you know, posing as a, as a Santa and stealing the, the money he mm-hmm. gets, you know, in the Salvation Army thing. Or, um... Yeah, you can have a lot of fun. Well, and Helen Noel has to appear. Yeah. I, I was thinking this was actually in a cartoon that I saw um, on a slightly different um, th- theme, but maybe it could be one of those things where they get caught in a time loop and it's Christmas every day. <gasps> oh! Yeah. Yeah! And everybody gets sick of it really fast. Really fast. Really fast, and they have to find a way. And maybe it's Harry Mudd that's the cause of the time loop or something. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and the damn Christmas music, the same tape is looping all of the time. And all they have to drink is eggnog, and everybody is just so sick of it after a while. Yeah, and cookies. And cookies. all they have to eat. Yep. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, we got to open the press. <laughs> Oh, surprise, socks and underwear. Wee. Wee. <laughs> That'd be good. That would be a really good one. Yeah. Oh, but you know what? To kind of add a wrinkle to it. Yeah. Uh, maybe it the time loop, it might not necessarily be a time loop. It might be a space illness where everybody else is like full of Christmas spirit uh, all the time. Kind of uh, like the spores uh, thing, you know, uh, and, and they're Merry Christmas and no, you know, hugging and everything and to the point where you can't get anything done. And Spock and Kirk, of course, are probably impervious to the uh-huh. illness or something. And, you know, um, McCoy is just cranking out uh-huh. eggnog and, 
those things as fast as he possibly can. And Rand is hanging up decorations uh, in his in his. Uh, she's probably chasing Kirk around with a piece of mistletoe, like on a uh, on a stick, you know, over his head. Speaking of kiss Rand, the captain, kiss the captain. Remember when we posted, um, probably a couple months back, the beautiful uh, picture of Shatner in the blue shirt and the white tie that's thrown over his shoulder. Well, Itty wrote a story based on that, and we're going to have to put up a link to it. Um, It's um, Her descriptions of him are are really good, but Rand is is in the story, and it's it's a good story despite Rand being in it, who you know I'm not a fan of. But the funny thing is, Itty is not a fan of her either, but gives her a very... Fair-handed uh-huh. treatment, you know, and everything. But privately, not in the story, she refers to her as the little stalker. <laughs> She's like, the little stalker insisted on being in the story. <laughs> uh-huh. I'd agree with that. I think that's yeah. probably accurate. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, okay. Well, I have one more thing that I wanted us to talk about really briefly. Okay. And I'll have to, I'll have to show you the picture, and I'll put up the, the link, or maybe I'll just put the picture up. Okay. Um, this came by way of Will Wheaton's blog. Because he blogs such funny things sometimes. So I will show you this picture and I'll read what it says. Okay. And then I have a picture I want to show you. Okay. So so this is a picture from a site called Plaid Stallions. Oh, my God. And it's um, retro playground equipment. So this is from 1974. This is an actual piece of playground equipment <sighs> that you could get for your playground. Oh, how cool. So it's called number 1111 Space Cruiser. But it's the Enterprise. It's the Enterprise and it is... It's really big. It's big enough that um, you have to climb up, and there's poles that you could slide down. It's got a ladder, and you could sit inside of the nacelle part of it. And the saucer section looks like George Jetson's apartment. It does. So let me read it. Okay. It says, This gigantic space cruiser is a whole playground of excitement and bodybuilding activity imagineered in one 12-foot high, 30-foot long, and 29-foot wide combination of sliding poles, climbing ladders, and slides. Attractive blue and white permacryl. That's a great (laughs) word. Permacryl. Are you sure it's not tri-permacryl? Finish. Proven for longer resistance to abrasion from heavy use and ultraviolet breakdown means that this game time spectacular re- will require only minimal maintenance once it's installed on your in your Parker playground. Which will take forever because so it's huge and complicated. It's gigantic. Um, so here are the features. Two galvanized ladders on retro rockets, <gasps> a.k.a. nacelles. I want this. Two 16-foot long one-piece stainless steel slide bedways. One caged hatch, caged hatch with vertical run climbing ladder. One ten gauge galvanized steel enclosed staircase, um, pipe sliding pole. Main fuselage tunnel leads to cockpit staircase. Retro rocket cage design creates a safety rail at the top for each slide to assure that the children are seated before starting down the slide. So where are the slide parts? Oh, I see. So you get into the nacelle and uh-huh. there's a slide. You yeah. Can look at it crosses the body of the thing. Um, Let's see. What year is this? 74. Okay. Wire mesh screening and cockpit windows acts as flexible safety panels. Uh, front and rear drainage ports for thorough drainage. Ladders <laughs> support the poles. Wells chipped and primed painted aluminum over galvanized to deter rust. Um, so, yeah, it's 29 feet wide by 30 feet long. Isn't that cool? Let's scroll down a little more. The space cruiser bore more than a passing resemblance to a certain starship seen in syndication at this time. I can't imagine how the four-year-old me would have felt seeing this thing. Okay, did anybody ever have one of these? Or was it on your local playground? We want to know these things. Yeah, so this thing is pretty amazing. Yeah. Number 1111 Space Cruiser. 
very, very, very cool. Yes. I haven't really looked around at the rest of this site, but it looks pretty neat. Um, they have all sorts of things from catalogs from the 70s. So this just happened to be in the playground equipment side. So thanks, Will Wheaton. Oh, for, uh, that is fantastic. Oh, my God, I would so want that. I would so want that. And speaking of 1974. Yes, this is what I got myself for Christmas. That is a beautiful picture of Bill. Um, it's a picture I got from the fan club. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jane. Um, and I scanned it in, so we're going to be able to post it. But it is um, from the 70s, mm-hmm. and we believe late 70s for a couple reasons. It's from one of the Battle of the Network Stars mm-hmm. things, where he was captain of the ABC team. What show was he on at the time, T.J. Hooker? It might have been Hooker. Or it might have been uh, the other thing, Barbary Coast. No, no it's I, probably I Hooker. Hooker. Yeah. And uh, he's got this beautiful blue velour jacket on, white pants. Are you sure those aren't shorts? I like to imagine that they're shorts. Okay. <laughs> In fact, I think they are shorts, because I believe we've seen this segment. Little shorty shorts. Yeah, it cuts off before we can tell. But anyway, he is looking gorgeous, and you pointed out a couple things. Chest hair. Chest hair. Very nice chest hair. And? The Star Trek sideburns. Right. So we're thinking this was, they were doing network of the Battle of the Network Stars mm-hmm. when he was filming... Trek. The first Trek. The first Trek movie. Yeah. So because of the uh, sideburns... You could think this is, you know, Admiral Kirk, you know, in his civvies yeah, cash. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, we have to, like, figure out what uh, ABC stands for because he's got that <laughs> on his jacket. And there's a big fucking microphone stuck in his face. Yeah, yeah. So he's talking yeah. He's talking about leading his team to victory and crushing the opposition. Because mm-hmm. that's the type of thing Bill talks about. Definitely. But, um, he hates to lose. Hates to lose. It's it's just a gorgeous It's a beautiful picture. That color picture. is so good on him. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to that blue from uh, the other picture. Yeah, and he's got like, I think he must, it must be like a tank top underneath that jacket. Yeah, you can see a little bit um, of it there where the jacket is unzipped. And he's yeah. got his hands, you know, pushed into his pocket. And, yeah. Looking very studly. Just, oh, yum, yum, yum. Absolutely. Yeah. (sighs) So I'm thinking, you know, because it's it's Admiral Kirk and it's, you know, there's competition going Mm -hmm. on, you know, and everything. I'm thinking it's like the Starfleet picnic. I agree. And they have games and, and, you know, things. Yeah. Well, you know, I bet that they do stuff, like, as an example, um... Um, here in my neck of the woods, they have uh, the Scottish Games every, yes, every September. Yes. And once in a while, they'll get the local um, fire departments to compete in like a tug of war for charity. Mm. And I think that they probably do that with Starfleet. Like once a year, there'll be some charity event where they get all the captains and the admirals and they do like a tug of war thing. And of course, Kirk would be the captain of the team. That's right. And they would win. Because he's the captain of the team. Now, he's the goddamn captain of the team. Now, one of the things I was thinking is I actually um, did write a story called The Gift-Wrapped Admiral Mm -hmm. that starts out, it's at the annual Starfleet (laughs) baseball game (laughs) where the the, um, officers of the fleet Uh who are available play the cadets of the academy. Mm -hmm. And Kirk is, of course, on the team Mm -hmm. and takes place outdoors, so, you know, it might be something like that, too. I think too. so, yeah. I'm yeah. sure that they do that kind of stuff at Starfleet all the time. Yeah, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. What else do they have to do <laughs> at Starfleet? Especially at Starfleet headquarters, yeah. you know. I mean, they're just, like, fucking around at the Yeah, Pacific nothing really happens at Earth. I mean, no, you know, no. every hundred years or so, the whales <laughs> thing or <laughs> yeah. something of that nature happens. But the rest of time, Earth is a pretty, pretty quiet place. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, listeners, you know, once you see this picture, what's what's your take on it? Mm-hmm. 
Um, has Admiral Kirk been out hiking? And <laughs> he managed to rescue somebody, and that's why he's being really? interviewed. He doesn't see to me. He <gasps> what? Okay, he he's been out hiking or, or sportsing around, you know. Sportsing, yeah. <laughs> and if something happens, of course, he rescues about a million and a half people uh-huh. and, and everything. And, uh, you know, they all manage to get back. And ABC is there to interview them. And because it's getting chilly, the cameraman lends him his jacket. Oh, I see. Well, that's a good one. Yeah. That's true. What I was going to say was he doesn't seem to me to be dressed for hiking. I would no. definitely go down the sportsing Yes, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, something. Yeah. So he's been doing some sporting sportsing. Sportsing, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know, out out running, and uh-huh. you know, you know, someone's attacked by a, a mugatu. Did they ever establish in canon what sports he likes? Um, did that ever come up anywhere? I'm trying to think. I have, of course, in my fanon established mm-hmm. baseball, or that that's one he yeah. plays. But I don't, I'm thinking hard now. I can't ever remember, aside from... Wrestling. Well, yes, I was just going to say that. (laughs) Or beating the crap out of Finnegan. Um, But is that really a sport? I don't know. Um, I don't know. What what form of martial arts is it with the flying leg kick? (laughs) But really, they never had him actively, you know, talk about or play Mm. or indicate that he really liked a particular traditional sport no no we know camping you know yeah. because he went camping in, in Star Trek and rock Five. climbing and rock climbing yeah but I mean like a sport sport yeah you know now I know there have been um, a few stories in which um, took place like on earth where he went skiing okay I don't really see him as a skier growing up in Iowa I could imagine baseball and, mm-hmm. and maybe football, right? And the horses. And horses, horseback riding, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that's true, because he did, you know, chopping wood and the horse and everything mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, but they never did talk about it. I, I wonder if that's in any kind of canon anywhere. I can't remember, you know, in the novelizations of the, the movies, whether that ever got mentioned, mm-hmm. maybe. I, I think his main sport is chasing women. And fucking women. Yeah. yeah. Well, catching them, obviously, you know. <laughs> the sport is in chasing. Okay, okay, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. No, that totally makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So, he's just looking fabulous. He does. He's got the, the lines around his he eyes. Does. Which just, I don't know, that And his hair looks me. good. Oh, yeah. His hair looks pretty good there, I gotta say. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's been exerting himself a little, so it's a little, a little sweaty. sweaty. A little sweaty. Definitely. Really nice. Yeah. What a man. <laughs> Okay, um, well, let's take a little break. Okay. Because we need maybe to look at that picture a little bit more. Um, and then and then we'll come back with something else. I'm not sure what, but it'll be something else. <laughs> okay. Cue the music. Sit up! Sit up! Come back here! Boston Legal, but we don't want you to be completely without law-related television. <laughs> Good link. 
Thank you. So um, we, we pulled out the DVD set, and we chose from the first season Court Martial because it's one that we haven't seen for a long time. Mm-hmm. I certainly haven't seen it and didn't remember a lot of it because I don't even know when the last time I watched it was. I think we might have watched it together. Only, At a con. Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So it was fun to see it all new yes. um, with all the cool special effects. So there were a lot of planet shots and mm-hmm. ship shots and things like that, including one that showed a little hole in the ship, which was kind of weird. We actually saw that twice. Really? At the beginning when he was saying, we were in an ion storm yeah. and the ship has extensive damage, I almost said, yeah, it's got a hole in it because I <laughs> could see the... Okay. Now, the one thing they didn't add was somebody like sticking their head out <laughs> going, Hi! <laughs> Um, so uh, let's recap the plot really quickly because some people might not remember this. Okay. Um, so the plot is that, uh, Kirk has to have a court martial because, um, you make it sound like Kirk has to have a colonoscopy (laughs) because he's turning 50. (laughs) Um, because he is accused of, uh, jettisoning the ion pod that had a guy named Finney in it before he was supposed to. Right. Essentially. Yes. Uh, and he says he didn't, and the computer says he did. So, so then they have a trial, and the prosecuting attorney is an old girlfriend of his, and um, then he's innocent, and that's the end. The end. Yes, <laughs> yes. Good recap. Thank you. So, th- this was a great episode to pick for our first one reviewing the remaster because, yeah. oh my God, it had so many close-ups <gasps> of... Oh, he's so beautiful. So, it's very beautiful. And they had his makeup perfect. You know, it wasn't Mm -hmm. too heavy like it was in some of the very early episodes. The hair. Looked great. The lighting. Oh, he was so beautiful. And so many butt shots. Yes. Just an abundance of butt shots. Oh, my God. And and there were some really good crotch shots, too. We were doing a lot of pausing and slow Mm -hmm. motioning and things like that. So, let's see. There were a couple things. I was taking notes that I wanted to mention. Um... First, there was, right at the beginning when he's talking to um, the Admiral or the Commodore, Commodore Stone, Commodore Stone um, he actually writes, he signs a piece of paper with a pen, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of interesting because you rarely see that on Trek. Usually it's the spanking list, but no, he had a yeah. pen, he signed a piece of paper, and then he slid it across the desk. Yep. Um, and then we got to see the daughter of Finney, Jamie, who has a really bad dress and hairdo. One of the worst outfits in all of Star Trek mm. because, you know, they want to make her look like a little girl, mm. so they put her in a space-age sailor suit. A pinafore. Pin- yes, and it's so, <laughs> so offensive. But the reason I wanted to talk about her hair, this is so totally embarrassing. Um, uh, in The first time we see her, mm-hmm. she's got the sides of her hair pulled up in, in this weird little, like, bun floppy mm-hmm. thing on top of her head. One of my high school dances, I wore my hair like that. On purpose? Yes. <laughs> but just so you know how bad my junior high, junior high, high school years were, uh-huh. um, as far as me having any fashion sense or anything at all, right before I hit junior high age, there's a picture of me where I look exactly like Henry Kissinger. <laughs> Curly, dark hair. <laughs> and in one of my junior high pictures... I have, like, a beetle cut, uh-huh. you know, and it's all brushed forward, the bangs down to my, my eyebrows, and I have um, a squarish black glasses, and my niece and nephew looked at it and said, oh, look, it's Austin Powers. Oh, God. So, you know, me wearing a Jamie Finney hairdo, I did not wear a dress like that, but, you know, that's just, like, right in line with mm-hmm. total total loser. Yeah. Loser yeah. me. Yeah, I can I can see. So, we, we digress. Okay, um, let's see. 
there, there's a scene where Kirk's been accused of doing this and he has to stay on the planet rather than going back up to the ship. And he and McCoy decide to go for a drink in the bar. Um, and the bartender, first of all, is wearing the same jacket as the bartender in Trouble with Tribble. So mm-hmm. there was like the bartender jacket. Yeah. And the thing that I noticed, which is really funny, is that everybody in the bar talks like they're in a Chandler novel. Yeah. You notice that? <laughs> so Kirk comes up to the bar and he's like, you know, hey, Bob, Joe, whatever. And everybody kind of nods at him. It's yeah. like, so... In town long? <laughs> well, and it's almost like an old western. Like, there should be a guy playing the piano, and when Kirk comes in, he, like, stops. It's true. And then they're all talking in sort of innuendos, like, oh, big repairs on your ship, eh? He's like, yeah, moving out soon? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. And Kirk says, care to say that more plainly? Oh, I think it's plain enough. And, you know, I was like, I just expect them to all have gats, you know? Yep. And yep. this was sort of continued because, of course, the attorney is played by Alicia Cook Jr., who was in many, many noir films where mm-hmm. it was exactly that sort of thing yes. that was happening. Yes. So that just made me laugh that, that there was that, you know, sort of um, noirish connection right, right there. So that was very funny. Um, and then uh, his old girlfriend, Ariel Shaw, is there. And the, the hilarious thing is... Kirk leaves, and he smacks into some guy, and they kind of look at each other. Then he leaves. And then Ariel Shaw comes walking in, and McCoy immediately walks up to her and starts hitting on her based on his friendship with Jim Kirk. Yes! (laughs) Like, okay, that's like... So funny. He just says something like... Fuck me, and maybe I'll introduce you to him. See see that really cool, handsome guy who just left? He's my friend. Yeah. (laughs) Sleep with me. Boy, are you lame. I have to say, though, the actress playing um, a real Shaw, I have always thought was one of the more attractive actresses mm-hmm. that they had. She, I liked her because um, she wasn't, she didn't look 16. She looked mm-hmm. like a mature woman, which was nice. They didn't slather too much makeup on her, which mm-hmm. was good. She didn't have a stupid hairdo. She had yes, sort of a that shortish, was one of the big nice ones. Hairdo. Yeah, the big ones for me was, yeah. didn't have an idiot's hairdo. And, and she wasn't um, silly. She acted mm-hmm. like she was a lawyer, which yes. was good. She so, was very professional. And you could see how um, Kirk would like her and mm-hmm. be involved with her because she seemed very kind of straightforward and no nonsense. So that was really good. With that said, um, the little kiss on the bridge, I know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm skipping ahead, but that has always struck me as being so chaste. Oh, yeah. That it's, it's warm, but there's no passion to it. And I honestly think that the two of them had, of course, an affair. But I think it was sort of brief and, and ended amicably. You know, mm-hmm. this isn't working. Let's be friends. And it actually happened that they became friends, you know. I, it just it just doesn't have the hotness, you know, going on. Well, except, you know, I, I noticed that when she and Kirk finally meet up in the bar, mm-hmm. um, he is, is all like... What does he say? I even wrote some things down. Oh, it's like, let's make up for lost time. Let's not talk shop. And it seemed very clear to me that he was just wanting to, to like, chat her up and get her into bed. Okay, maybe they were, as opposed to lovers, friends with benefits. Maybe. And he wants to cash in his benefits again. They're just fuck buddies. So yeah. I, I think that's it. entirely that's it. it. But he seems very quick to, to be like, hey, let's just pick up where we left off. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, let's go to my room now. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. So I don't I want think, to go for this trial. I think friends with benefits. <laughs> okay, I, I agree with that, totally. Um, but we also agree that it was very silly that they would assign her to this case as the prosecution, given that, you know, yeah. she's his old girlfriend. That seemed dumb. Or his old fuck buddy or whatever they call Whatever. Um, so then they had the big court martial scene. Everybody's wearing their formal outfits. Um, and Spock's actually fit, mm-hmm. which was interesting, although Kirk's sleeves were a little bit short. I think yeah. we both noticed that. And uh, all of the admiral types looked good, except that there was a doorman. I thought he was a busboy. A busboy. Okay. 
was unclear, but he was dressed like one or the other. Yes. And it was still early enough in the first series that Spock is called a Vulcanian. Yes. Rather than just a plain old And I think that may be like one of the very last times they ever used that phrase. They used it twice. They did. Um, I have to say, I love Ariel's courtroom dress. Oh, yeah. That looked nice. Beautiful. So it was a dress dress uniform that was made out of the the satin rather than Mm -hmm. the velour that they had used. And I think in keeping with her being a lawyer and it being the dress uniform, it's longer than the miniskirt. It was. It's like mid-thigh. Yep, yep. It looked very nice. It looked very good. Um, we contrasted that to the nameless uh, personnel officer, the woman who had to give her testimony. James T. <laughs> First of all, she had painted on eyebrows. She had those oh. Elizabeth Taylor eye- eyebrow stencil yeah. things happening. And she had no name. They didn't mm-hmm. give her a name. And she only got to say, yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> About four times. The best was, though, after she testified, she <laughs> walks past the, the defense table and looks at Kirk and, and mouths, I'm sorry. <laughs> and she kind of shrugs her shoulders like, sorry. What did I do? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> she was reminding me of uh, Jan in Explosive Generation, the girl who backed into her <laughs> yes. desk after she gave yeah. the, the, the list or whatever it was. You know, I'm sorry. I did the best I could. I'm very that funny. was very good. I but she wasn't, it. I mean, she was one of those women that they cast. I mean, I have to say she was Asian, which was nice, but but she clearly was not an actor. She was no. fucking the director or something Somebody. like that. Yes, ma'am. I think she was one of the caterers. She <laughs> might have been. Like, Here, put this uniform on. Get up there. Um, and then we got to find out that um, McCoy has a, a expertise in space psychology. <laughs> You know, we need to make a list of all the space things. Well, we've had space illness, and we've had space psychology. Now space psychology. I also wanted to say, apropos of nothing, but um, I think it is hilarious that whenever you hear people outside of the context of Trek talking about the future or space or aliens, the unit of currency is a quatlu. Is it? I have heard this in so many different places when people are just talking about, you know, the future or when aliens come to this world, and it's always Quatloos. Well, it's just entered the the common parlance. I was just going to say, so much of Trek has entered the vernacular. Um, You know, people talk about transporters and Uh and beaming up and, and comparing... Things we have now, like our, our, our cell phones, yeah. to the Kirk Commun- communicator. Yes. Yeah. So I just think that's so funny. Yes. I, I've heard it probably three times in the past month, mm-hmm. uh, totally out of context, people just saying Kualusa. It just Love cracks it. me up every time. Okay, space psychology. Oh, and then we observed in the uh, amazingly focused footage of Kirk on the bridge during the, the scene where he does this. I mean, it's pretty interesting that whatever security cams they have mm-hmm. on the bridge manages to have that tight close-up on his hand. Yeah. That he has three buttons on, on his armrest. And they are marked. They're marked. Yellow alert, red alert, and jettison the ion pod. Yeah. Because <laughs> you need that button. Well, I was going to... How often does, does that, that happen? happen? I mean, this is the only time we ever saw it used, and it seems to me that at other times he's had more buttons. He has. And one of them was working a communicator. Yeah, and know. the other was to ask for coffee. Yeah. And the spanking. And the spanking. Yeah, and yeah. the music. Mm-hmm. Just like for changing the music on the bridge. Yeah. But jettison the ion pod. Boop. Um, and then, uh, in a, in a line of dialogue that neither of us quite understood, Spock was running a diagnostic on the computer and he said he ran a Megalite diagnostic. <laughs> I think a Megalite is one of those things you carry in the trunk of your car for, uh, car emergencies. Oh, I thought maybe it was just very light, like very light Megalite. Oh, so a superficial, really super- Really why would Why would Kirk be so impressed that he ran a superficial diagnostic? Megalite. 
Um, we noticed that there was uh, McCoy and Spock in particular used the amazing clothes changing option on the transport. Yeah, that's a special setting. It was. And um, then um, Kirk, McCoy, and Spock all used it when they all came back up. That's right, because then they were in their regular uniforms. Yeah. Uh, and you know, that would make sense because the other people who beamed up with them mm-hmm. are not. Enterprise regulars, mm-hmm. so, so it wouldn't have their their you know sizes and yeah. special fittings or anything like that. Yep, yep. Um, let's see. So uh, then, when Spock finally figures out what the hell's going on, he comes back up, and right in the middle of this trial, um, Samuel Cogley starts going on and on about rights in what seemed to me a very Roddenberryan type of speech, like. The rights of the people. It was very much like Jimmy Stewart in uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. And as you pointed out, it was like closing argument, whereas basically he was saying, I I request that we all go up to the Enterprise to see this in action. And there was no need to make the speech unless um, the court had said, well, what's the reason? Or we don't think that's a good idea or some reason to argue it. But he just went off. And then he said that thing about machines not having rights. And as we know, in Next Generation, machines do have rights if they're named data. But that became a big issue. That's right. You know, in in one of their better episodes, Measure of a Man. I am trying to figure out if in Measure of a Man they actually referenced this episode. And I kind of feel like they did. Okay, um, TNG fans, did Tell they? Tell us. Tell us. I, I am feeling like when I saw that episode, they actually said something. Like, you know, in the history of, of Starfleet, and maybe they even said Samuel T. Cogley by name. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just making that up. If they did, they did not mention Kirk. Because no, no, it was didn't. a long time in TOG before his name was ever, ever mentioned. No. Um, so then they're back on the ship, and they were in the conference room, which I have to say was beautifully lit. It had mm-hmm. this lovely blue lighting, which was just perfect. Um and then uh, they had to go to the bridge, and Kirk said something really silly about the um, ship being able to hear everybody's heartbeats, and it was amplified by one to the fourth power. <laughs> <laughs> Which is still one. <laughs> and I'm so, you know, I'm fairly math illiterate or math challenged, but, even but there was a long pause before I went, is it that one. You know, I wasn't sure. I was sure you were going to say, no, it's 10,000, you idiot. I, I had to think about it for a second, and I was like, yep, yeah, one to the fourth power, still one. <laughs> still. Yeah. One to the fifth power, still one. One to the bazillion, po- the brazilianth power, still one. Still one. Still yeah. one. Um, and then we got to hear the, the whole little trick they did with the, the ship's computer listening to everyone's heartbeats, which I had totally forgotten that it was in this episode. Like, I remember it, and I remember mm-hmm. watching it. 30 years ago and going, hey, that's cool. And then, not really. I, mean, I know. You know. As a trick. It's, yeah. it's very cool. And um, McCoy using the microphone, the microphone to, to white sound out. Putting it in front of everybody else's. Yeah. And did you notice that they didn't actually show him doing it in front of Spock? Because I guess they hadn't figured that Spock had his heart in a different place. I was waiting he for He did that. do Spock. He did? I remember seeing it. Because Leonard was just sitting there totally impassive. Oh. I was kind of looking for that. And, uh, yeah, they hadn't figured that out, that yeah. uh, he should have been uh, whiting out the sound from Spock's liver. <laughs> um, and then um, we get two instances where Kirk decides to go and confront Finney, who apparently is still alive down there, and gets to be the exposition police. Yeah. he's running through the ship and is like, oh, now I'm going to tell you what's happening. And then later on he does the same thing when he's in the Jeffries tube and pulling out the jumper cables mm-hmm. that nobody noticed yes. before that, you know, because... Whatever they didn't inspect it yes. very often. Well, among the highlights of this the scene with Finney, first of all, the, the echo effect. Hello, Captain Kirk, <laughs> which kind of sounded like when Apollo showed it up. Does. 
Um, but also the reappearance of the rippedest shirt ever. Yes. That shore leave shirt. It was barely hanging on. It was just, oh. and, and ripped for no reason. Oh yeah. It just came apart like yeah. tissue paper in the hands of Finney. And then we, we actually stepped frame by frame through a certain section of the fight scene <gasps> because, um, apparently Bill either wasn't wearing a t-shirt underneath his <laughs> uniform or it had pulled up and you could see his back and his belly. And there was that little abdominal indentation there that we were both sort of ooing and aahing. Yes, and the butt shot. The butt. We stepped through, and at one point he was like arching his back, and his butt was like like a bubble. It It was. was, It was amazing. It was just, oh, it was so good. So that was great. Um, And then at the very end of the episode, we were both really happy because they had shooed most of the people off the ship. And Uhura got to sit at navigation, which is always great. And she was pressing buttons. and She was hitting buttons on the captain's chair, too, when Spock was down at navigation. She was. So that was awesome. She was hitting buttons everywhere. Yeah. And then the scene at the end where um, Kirk and and Ariel kiss on on the bridge. And so they have this chaste little kiss. She gives him a book from Samuel T. Coggins. And we never find out what that book is. Mm -hmm. It could have been anything. Kama Sutra. I was going to say that. Oh, you stole my line. Oh, I'm sorry. (sighs) What else could it have been? What else would he have given him? Um, I don't know. Horatio Hornblower. Uh, He probably has that already, don't you think? She says it wasn't a first edition or anything. Okay. So, I don't know. Maybe it was like next week's script. Valley of the Dolls. We know he read that. <laughs> we do know he read that. Um, or Harold Robbins. My could, favorite is The Adventurers. Kirk should read The Adventurers. That was probably what that was. Yeah. I think it was. Um, so they have this little kiss, and then she leaves. And then the best part is when he walks by Uhura, who is sitting there with her arms folded across her chest. And just as he goes by, she rolls her eyes. She <laughs> is obviously so disapproving. Goodness. It was so funny. She turned right around and reported it to Starfleet Command. (laughs) The captain was kissing on the bridge. Can you believe it? (laughs) It was really funny. He just gets out of one court martial and sets himself up for another. It was crazy. So that was really, really fun. Yes. I'm glad we watched that episode. It's a good episode. And it looked good. It just, you know, the shots were great. We did notice that there was um, some unevenness in some of the scenes. The film looked like it was actually kind of washed out. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if, you know, the master had was just not in the greatest condition. And that Parts was the best that they could do to kind of bring it back to normalcy. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. But in general, it looked fabulous. And um, we should mention, you know, when we saw Menagerie in the movie theater, we were a little concerned because it looked very dark to us. This had none of that. No. So obviously that was just something with the projection or whatever. Right. But this looked great. There's one other thing I want to point out, which is when uh, Spock is testifying, you know, mm-hmm. that it would not be possible for Kirk to act out of panic or malice. And he's saying, no, this is, this is a fact. Just like if I drop a hammer mm-hmm. on a planet that has positive gravity, the mm-hmm. hammer falls to the ground. And then at the end, a real goes in your opinion Mm -hmm. and he goes yes and i thought hmm we know certain spock fans who have the same problem of confusing their opinion with facts (laughs) and now we know where they get it but he says it grudgingly yes which they don't but yeah but he did say it and he was wearing too much lipstick in this episode. oh all the way through (laughs) but you know i think that that's a um Something that's going to show up in all of the the remaster because the makeup becomes very evident. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have to say, so we're watching this. um, We're not watching the HD version because I don't have an HD player or a TV. But even um, on a regular DVD player, on a regular television, the resolution was much improved. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could really see a ton of detail. You could see skin textures and fabric textures. 
much more than you ever could on the old mm-hmm. ones. So and the, a, the richness of the colors too is, is amazing and yeah. beautiful. Um, could you play the uh, high definition version on a computer? Not on my computer. Mm. My my Apple my mm. my PowerBook does not have HD capability. I don't know if computers come with that. Maybe they yeah. do now. We could try it on mine later because mine's fairly new. Yeah. So FYI, if you take an HD disc and you put it into a, a player that doesn't play it, nothing happens. Okay. It just kind of spins around yeah. and then it goes. No. <laughs> that was oh, it. So- good heavens! So now. Not talking Kirk, talking Shatner. Yeah. Did he do her? Which, oh, a real? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Did he do, um, yes, sir. I was wondering about that. I kind of think not, but you never know. Yeah. He might have. She was not attractive. She wasn't that attractive. And and the girl who played Jamie, she's too young. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think he did her. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. In fact, I was thinking in some of the long shots of the court martial scene where Ariel has a big speech, we were noticing Leonard was sort of nodding off in the background. <laughs> and I think Bill was sitting there thinking about when he was going to fuck her in his dressing room again. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty much where his mind was. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's Bill. And, he, you know, and he's thinking hard about it. Cause, oh, yeah. Well. You know, he had that, that look. Look, yeah, he's yeah. concentrating. You know, I, I mentioned this as we were watching it. This episode, I think, carries the record for the number of reaction shots of people who actually aren't reacting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of a lot of shots of people just sitting there with kind of stoic expressions on their faces, right. including Kirk. Yeah, he usually doesn't do that, but right. But you know, his his stoic expression is, I think, understandable. And as, as you know, as you were saying, he he's concentrating. He's looking very. Um, commandingly or however that, you know, would be, you know, that sort of thing. Um, you know, he's, he's on his formal best behavior while still managing to look like I'm really pissed off because I know this is a crock of shit. <laughs> there was a scene where he got really angry, though. Mm-hmm. That was good. Yes. He was mad. I demanded. <laughs> Pirate Kirk. <laughs> Um, the fight scene. And his parrot. Yeah, Chekhov. really. He should have a little parrot on his shoulder. <laughs> With a Russian accent. Um, the fight scene that they had down in uh, engineering was one of the worst for the fact that when it was the doubles fighting, uh, they didn't look nothing like the actors. No. Very, very, very As you bad. pointed out, um, it looked more like Kirk from New Voyage. Because <laughs> <laughs> he had, had the pompadour. <laughs> it was really very badly done. Yes, and the, the, the wrench. Yeah, the wrench. The space wrench. And it wasn't even... Um, it was a, like a proper wrench. It was kind of like one of those bolt stripper wrenches mm-hmm. that you use when you have nothing else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To fix the plumbing. Just sitting there all by itself. It was a space wrench mm-hmm. from yeah. Sears. They, space space Sears. Sears. <laughs> oh, what kind of wrench are you looking for? A regular wrench or a space wrench? Oh, I'll take the space wrench. Um. So... So Menagerie was first season also. So we got to see two court marshals in one season. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. And then um, Spacey, that's not actually a court martial, right? No, that's but it's a, a little meeting. A little <laughs> With a ding, well, ding, ding Well, you know, bell. they're wearing their formal uniforms. Yeah, so and a, they do the legal thing. They do the legal thing. I'm trying to think. Were there other court marshals that we saw in TOS? I mean, I know there, there were in TNG. Um Oh, well, yeah, the, the, I don't know if it, it was a competency hearing or something in uh, Turnabout Intruder. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I think that was not a court-martial. It was a mutiny. Yeah, they had a mutiny, so there would have been a court-martial yeah. then. Uh, but, 
I don't know what the original charges were. I think it might have been a competency hearing mm-hmm. or something. I think you're right. With Janice Lester. Yeah. And then yeah. it just ballooned into this other thing. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Um, so let's talk about the, the discs for a minute. Um, so when you put the disc in your oh. player, it's sitting there making these really annoying beeping noises mm-hmm. until you turn it off. And we were wondering how long that would go on and if eventually it would start to, like, talk to you or say other things. Yeah, or make um, a, a non-track noise. So I, I have to say, um, you get this set, and it comes in this kind of weird uh, clear plastic clamshell thing with some cardboard, uh, which is right there. And then... Um, because the discs are combo discs, that is, they're double-sided, they're not really marked very well, except, uh, like, right around the um, the inner thingy, like where you would put, you know, what do you call this? The hole in the middle. They're marked yeah. around the hole in the middle. And since they're double-sided, you have to be really careful about the way you pick them up, because you don't want to get fingerprints all over the playing side mm-hmm. of it. And they come in this kind of hinged uh, plastic thing, so it's very difficult to see which disc you're actually looking for. And I'm actually very afraid that they're going to get scratched up. Yeah. So um, I'm not happy about that. They should have at least put this whole plastic thing in some sort of cloth. Yeah. Is something or other. So at least when you pick that up, you're yeah. not accidentally getting your... So oily little fingers on it. Not happy at all. Um, And then it comes with these coasters that have uh, the information on what's on the discs. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, the coasters um, are made out of that stuff that looks like if you move them, the the faces should move or something like the, you know, the portrait of Jesus as you walk to (laughs) other sides. It, it, you know, follows you with its eyes or something. So the interesting thing is that um, most of the discs have some special stuff some of the discs have things in regular DVD, and some have special things that are in HD. So I'm guessing that in order to watch every single thing, you have to play both sides. Hey, we got to look at disc four. Why? What's on it? On side B, the DVD, not the HD DVD, is Life Beyond Track, William Shatner. Oh, that sounds good. Well, on this one, side B, Kiss and Tell, Romance in the 23rd Century. <gasps> so oh, that, we're going to have to watch some of these, too. really good, yeah. We watched... Um, Billy Bartholomew's home movies or whatever it was. <laughs> that was pretty good. I like that. There were a lot of butt shots. There were a ton of butt shots, and Bill being so charming. Oh, and fooling around and just being Bill. Mm-hmm. He looked great. Yeah, it was uh, Billy Blackburn's Treasure Chest, Rare Home Movies and Special Memories. Yes. That was fun. Oh, and and some of those other stuff. Yeah, and um, also I will say that when you buy this set, when I got it, because I got it from Amazon, you get a coupon for a free limited edition Star Trek Phaser Remote Control. You have to buy this set and any Toshiba HD DVD player, and then you get this Phaser Remote Control that works with it. So you have to buy the right DVD, and then you can buy this phaser thing? Well, you have to buy the DVD player. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, so the, you have to get the set and the DVD player, and then you get the phaser to uh, to mm. change channel. Okay. So I'm not going to be getting that anytime soon, because no. I'm not buying an HD DVD no, player. No, me neither. Yet. So i got to say, um, you know, these discs so far seem really, really nice, but I will give them an F on packaging, because I think it's just bad. Yeah. Badly designed. Really badly designed. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Okay. Honestly, they should have made separate discs for HD and regular so that there could have been a non-playing side to them. Yeah, I think so. That would um, be a little better protected. Yeah, and I understand the desire to have it on one disc like Mm -hmm. that, but whatever. So one of these days, um, I will get or will have access to HD, and we'll get to see what they're like in that. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. 
But this was great. He hadn't seen Court Martial in a really long time, mm-hmm. and he just looked so stalwart. That's he the did. word I he was did. looking for. Oh, did it just turn itself off? Yes, it just did. Oh, that's really weird. I wonder if I hmm. sat on the remote control or something. <laughs> that was really strange. It Maybe really it was just Brant. It turned itself off because the remote is over here. Yeah. Mm. Okay, that was weird. Yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, well, I think that's it. That's it for well, that was really time. fun. So um, we'll be back next time with lots more news because there is lots of news. Oh, and there's things. tons of stuff. People have sent us lots of things that we need to talk about, so um, we'll definitely be doing that. So um, if you've got any uh, homework, send it in. Trek Christmas episode. Don't forget, even though it's Christmas is over. And tell us if they reference this episode in TNG. Yes, if you know. And if you have thoughts on court, court martial, if there's anything we missed that you'd like to bring up, you mm-hmm. know, send us email. Yes. Uh, so that's it. So happy New Year. Happy New Year. Here's to 2008.